When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to Sky Sports Fantasy Football Game Week 11 Preview. I am Luke, with me is Niall. Niall, how are you doing mate? I am doing good. Um, finally a green arrow. I know that the screen shows a green arrow but it's been red for a long, long time. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, wasn't, wasn't wasn't the best weekend past. Um, it was almost, almost perfect. I'd give it a 7 out of 10. But I didn't have Kane, um, and he hurt me a little bit on on Sunday. But other than that, my team did really well, so I'm pretty pleased. Uh, and finally, after all these weeks of waiting, we've got the fixtures for mm. December. Um, so hopefully we're going to get a chance to, to digest that a little bit tonight. Uh, albeit it is still early days and a lot can change. But yeah, overall, pretty happy and, and I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, it's all right. I mean, considering I didn't have Salah as captain and of, uh, at all, let alone as captain, um, and obviously versus Watford was a very stressful game. Um, five goals. Salah was imperious once again. 16 points. Uh, so that wasn't the best start. What actually added to that is the fact that as I didn't have Salah, I looked through the fixtures and we talked about it on the last episode. It was either Lukaku or Diaz. Now, Lukaku didn't score. Um, but he still would have been better than my pick because that was Diaz and he didn't even play. So that was really hard to take on the Saturday because you've got, again, whenever I get punished, I seem to get massively punished. It's not just like, you know, Salah's done well. I mean, I, obviously you can anticipate that's going to happen. I I pretty much knew he was going to do well. But you'd like to think that Diaz would, even if he concedes, get the, like, the, you know, the four or five point of doubles and I can make a little bit of that bat. But no, he doesn't turn up for the first game for Man City in about 20 years. So that was painful, um, but overall my week wasn't actually that bad outside that um, because I had Kane as captain on the Sunday, and I did say that's my kind of day where hopefully I can gain a little bit on people. So you know, if only the Saturday had been different, would have been fine. And then on the old Monday, the 18th of October, I said to you I'm going to avoid the captains um, because I've got Gallagher, um, so I'm not going to be bringing in an Arsenal player. And so far, at least, that's gone well. I mean, obviously, Aubameyang scored, but he didn't get any bonus, didn't get man of the match. And Gallagher, you know, a legend. I mean, this is what I love about, you know, like a Sky player like Gallagher. You know, he basically, essentially, he's blanked, hasn't he? But he's ended up with man of the match. Uh, was it, it was tackles he got and shots, maybe? Yeah. I think I think it was. A nine-pointer. Um, uh, I mean, an FPL two-pointer, I think, right? But a, a yeah. Sky nine-pointer. Yeah, as you say, that's the, the glory of the game when you've got a an enabler midfielder like that who's just got so many facets to his game in terms mm. of getting bonus and um that was it was it was good to see at the end of the game i mean i i unlike you um did make the Aubameyang move so i was also pleased that he did something but when you said there when you talked about you know the plan was to hold off the plan was to do nothing i was fully anticipating you to say and i made a move and it didn't pay off please please talk to you done it just shows listen anyone out there listening i always say this to myself when i'm swithering over a decision if you've got all sorts of conflicting thoughts in your head 
you should always fall back on the plan, stick to the plan. Mm. Um, and that's why it's so important in this game to have a plan that you can stick to because otherwise you just make impulsive decisions when you look at a lineup and you see, you know, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher foaming yeah. at the mouth over a player in the build-up. <laughs> stick to the plan. Yeah, yeah, and it's something I I mean I'm quite proud of myself in terms of when you've had a stinker like that with the Salah situation, it's very easy to be on tilt, right? And just think, well, I'm gonna have to bring a Bamiang now because I'm gonna fall far further behind. But you know, I, I wanted to stick because I, I I'm a big believer in if you've got a decent captain, and Gallagher was a very decent captain, then there's no need to force another one. Uh, it's burned me too many times in the past. Now of course it could go the other way. Bamiang could have scored a hat trick, you know, with very much results oriented there and I'd be you know, I'd be very depressed now. Sat on the, sat on this pod, and of course, the other part of it is Arsenal have still got another game to go on Friday, where I don't have any coverage at all at the moment. So if Aubameyang scores two or three goals in that, suddenly it doesn't look like a great decision again. But for now, I'm fairly happy given the circumstances, and ended up with um, I think it was 85 points in the end. I don't know how many points you ended up with, but that's pretty good for someone who doesn't have Salah. I think. I'm not sure how many you got in there. Yeah, that, that's really good going. I think I'm just checking now. 93 I ended up on. So barely more than you because obviously I had the Antonio flop on Sunday and you had Kane. Right, So, right. yeah, it did. It, you've ended up not being damaged that badly. And I think that the fact that the Chelsea defenders, although, again, not all of them started, the fact that they delivered a clean sheet and um, Christensen and Mendy obviously got bonus on top I think that made a big difference to the likes of you and I this weekend so yeah I think the green arrow for me and a green arrow for you right yeah yeah finally and uh just to just to point it out there guys my rank has suddenly changed and dramatically gone higher that's because I've finally given up on the A team and switched over to the B team just so you're not depressed every week so the B team that was doing a little bit better now is uh is very close to Nile there um we're pretty much the same rank so uh, yeah, cheating a little bit, but I'd rather not depress you with that team now because it's just going to be f- caution to the wind on that one. We should be doing whatever. Given up already. Right, like you say, the fixtures have come out. Um, what I've decided to do is, first of all, I thought to myself, right, and I do this quite often anyway, is I'm going to create what I think is pretty much the perfect team. Now, I know there's no such thing, but a team of 11 players that I think I'm really happy with that. I'd love to have that team going forward. And I created that, which I'm going to show you in a bit. And then obviously the fixtures came out and I looked at it and I was like, okay, maybe I need to adjust it a little bit because, you know, we've got some single match day stuff like that. But the more I kept looking at it, I I don't know whether I've just become stubborn, but I've kind of just fallen in love with the team I've created and I don't want to change it too much. Now, there is three slight versions of it that I'm going to show. Um, But long story short, they don't cover a lot of the captain days. And I don't know whether that's an issue or not. Um... So yeah, I'm going to flick over to the screen share for now and show the version of the team, hopefully. Oh no, I've ended up clicking off my team, so I'll have to build it quickly in front of you. Um, so basically up top, we're going to have the Kane-Salah uh, combination, which is just to show that you can have the two most expensive strikers. Uh, in midfield, and I think this is the best midfield at the moment for the three, to be honest. It's Rafinha, Imbueno and Gallagher. I really like that three midfield. I do think there's an argument that you could maybe include Tielemans there, who's been excellent. Obviously, I think he's the top scorer and midfielder, if you could find a way. Or Bruno Fernandes, who could cover you instead of Ronaldo, because I think now that we've seen that he has got penalties, to be honest, there's not much change with him, right? He's basically the same player he was before. He's just probably not got as lucky as he had in the last couple of seasons. So I still think he's a, he's a viable option, to be honest. Um, and then in defence, um, I'd actually have a back five, which means it would be quite inflexible, but it would have pretty much all the nailed players I say nailed because they're from Chelsea and City so there's, there's no such thing but 
the most nailed in Aspilicueta, Rudiger, Diaz. Uh, it's going to get Cancelo up here as well. Love that. Mendy in goal. So we'd have triple Chelsea defence still. I think Mendy's like a non-negotiable for me. I just think he's so good. So I'm, I'm going to make yeah, sure I keep, keep him in there. Yeah, because obviously, I mean, there's things you can do. You can drop him right down to a cheap one or a 6.5. Then you could you could buff up your defender. Because my final defender, when he's, when he's back playing anyway, is Webster at 7 million. So the, script, the team's in front of you guys there. And you can see I've got 0.3 million in the bank. Now, it's the old 5-3-2, which locks you into that formation to some extent. And it's quite inflexible. But I think there, with the triple Chelsea of the three most nails, you've got the two most or the best Man City defenders. You've got Webster, I think, is the best enabler. And like I say, you could change Webster to even Matip and then drop Mendy down to Sanchez. You can do that if you want to. The three in midfield that I think are best, and then it's got Salah and Kane up top. Now, it wouldn't necessarily be them. It would be any strikers you want, because the two most expensive ones. Now, I really like that team. The problem is it doesn't cover a lot of the captains that we're going to show. But I think that team's just, like, really, really good. Now, am I crazy to even consider something like that? Um, I'll show you the slight variations of this team as well, which can adapt. Okay, so my view is that you're absolutely not crazy because that's very, very close to the team that I'm trying to plot towards getting to myself. Um, okay, good to hear. I like the five at the back at the moment. Now, the reason I say that is because, yes, Lukaku's got two standout games in the next two and I think he's probably someone who you could argue captain for those games just because if Chelsea are going to win if they're going to win big then the chances are that he's going to get on the score sheet but I think the last few weeks have really demonstrated that Lukaku can be comfortably covered by Chelsea's defence um, and I know Rudiger missed a game the weekend with injury but he is nearly as nailed on as Lukaku and if you've got a couple of the options at the back for Chelsea, I I think that they're, they're better options than Lukaku. So I'm not counting Lukaku out for for good, but what I'm saying is the the need for the three up front, which is something I will hold my hands up and say I advocate for big time before. I think the need for the three up front now is 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 diminishing, um, and so between Salah, who is an absolute stick on, um, and then you've got Kane, and then you've got Ronaldo. You know, there's not a great deal of strikers who are showing themselves to be 100% nailed on the team. Whereas if you look at the defence, I mean, Cancelo again getting another 10-pointer this weekend. Diaz would have got the same had he not been rested, but that's a, you know, a one-off. The Chelsea defenders delivering again um, and Mendy in goal. So I think that it might get to the stage of the season, maybe coming into that stage of the season now where things start to level off a bit the best teams start to show themselves um, as a cut above the rest. Uh, and they, you know, are probably going to see them tightening themselves up and continuing to get bonus. And so I think if you planned this team with the idea that you were going to use limited transfers, yes, you were going to miss some of these individual match days, but I mean, who really do you want in your team from Wolves? Who do you want in your team from Everton? Who do you want in your team from Southampton or Villa? I this is it this team to, to score more without captaining those players than having the likes of um a Markal or uh you know a, a, even a Quang who we've talked about before or yeah. um Townsend, you know, the likes because they're just so consistent in terms of the points that they score. Um so I I, I like it and the upside is that you're probably going to save yourself transfers because you're not going to want to sit, I don't think, with an Everton player if you if you can avoid having them 
after the individual captaincy day that they've got because the fixtures just turned really bad and it's probably going to be a sea of two points. So yeah, you're, you're limiting transfers and there's a chance you probably get more points. So I, I like it. I like the team. And that's it. It's about keeping your nerve, isn't it? For me, I've looked at the games and we'll bring them up in a bit. And there's just similar to the Arsenal Palace one, which is what I said before. I don't know who's going to win the game. And even if I even if I could say comfortably who I think was going to win the game, I couldn't tell you the best captain is. There's probably four or five players from each team that you think could reasonably do well. So I could actually um, try and get coverage for all of these games and just have the wrong one and end up with a two-pointer to four, which to me isn't good enough. So yes, it may die um, if an Everton pick in particular, I think I've got three games. So let's say, I don't know, you go grey and Gray scores in all three of the games, then, yeah, there's a good chance that he might end up outscoring, you know, say, Aspilicueta. But I still don't think it's an absolute certainty, you know, and, you, and then you're asking for him to score in all three games as your captain. So, and like you say, probably saves me transfers. I don't really want to keep an Everton player long-term, especially with the news Calvert-Lewin's out for longer today. Um, you know, it just, they don't look quite right. And I think just cover... That as well. Yeah. So... Yeah. That's where I where I'm at. I'm just going to show a couple of variations if people don't like the five three two where it's on the screen here because there's an argument in December especially that we're probably going to need. I mean, we're almost certainly going to need Ronaldo eventually. He's got too many individual match days for Man United, either him or Bruno Fernandez anyway. And there's an, obviously, like you said, Salah's like a stick on. You pretty much have to have him. But because Kane and Spurs, or rather Spurs, offer a lot of captain days as well, there's a little bit of hokey-cokey you could do and keep the two up front, which we're going to look into. Um, James from Planet FPL has highlighted that, and I think it's a really good plan. Um, but you could end up just saying, well, I'm going to go with all three. So here, if I take Diaz out, for example, um, I could actually go to... There's a couple of ways I could do it. I could actually just pick Sun over Kane. If I pick Sun over Kane and go with three up top, you can see here that would basically be one move. So I just have to drop. I'd have to drop Diaz, and then I'd be able to sw switch him to Sun, um, which gives me four three three instead because they're around the same price. Now I do like that version. I think that's really good. You could have Diaz for now for Man City's good games, and maybe work out a time when you're going to change it over. But if you if you say Kane, like I just want Kane, I don't want Sun. Again, if I do that and switch him round, you can see there that suddenly I'm 0.9 out, and I think the only the only downside then is you would take Asper Laqueta out and you've got 8.4 million. So I think you could either just go with Christensen and hope he plays, which I don't think's terrible. It's just I prefer the Asper Laqueta route probably. Or you could go with Matip, uh, who's 8.4 million and you can afford. So there's like slight variations. That one does give you the big three up top at the expense of an extra Chelsea defender or rather a Christensen rather than Asper Laqueta. So those are, the, those are the teams I'm looking at. I'm going to bring up the fixtures now um, and we're just going to work through them just to see whether I think that's necessarily a problem. Um, I suppose there'll be... I mean, we're so in, it's so inbred in us to try and feed off these captain days. I just find it incredibly tough. I mean, Arsenal-Villa, I, I won't have anyone if, if I was to get... I mean, this isn't my team right now. I'm saying if, the, if this was the team I had, obviously it would be an issue for me. Arsenal versus Villa, I wouldn't have anyone. Again, I don't know who wins that game. Have you got any idea who wins that game or who the best captain is there? Because... I mean, outside of Bamiang's probably the best name to have on that day, but I don't think it's like by a distance. No, I mean, Villa can be can be on their day quite resolute at the back, so you could see that being quite drab. Um, I'm hopeful that Aubameyang does does something, but yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And I mean, this is why I was personally thinking about leaving it as well, but I think the fact that I would have had to have dodged this game and it was a classic two for none mm. um today's chain antonio who needed to go that was what pushed me but in my in my second team when i was holding kane um 
and actually I don't massively dislike Kane's um, Kane's fixtures. And as you've pointed out, it looks like you're going to need him at some point to cover to cover captaincies. I actually didn't bother making the move, and I did exactly what you did. Um, so I can I can I can see I can see the upside, and and that's what you say. Like when you come to these standalone fixtures now. The Sky game traditionally has been all about these individual match days, but when you look at the next three individual games, you've got Arsenal, Villa, you've got uh, Wolves, Everton, and Southampton, Villa again. Mm. Um, and picking a winner on any of those three games is going to be tricky. But what I would say, and I said this last time to you, if there is somebody in your team that you think has to go, you're going to get two individual match days out of Villa in the next few. Mm-hmm. So. There is, there is still an argument, I think, specifically on Villa, if you're in a situation like you are. If you look at your team, and let's say tonight, let's say Mendy gets an injury tonight, or let's say, you know, one of the strikers, Lukaku no, gets an injury don't, tonight. Don't, don't, don't. I'm not, I'm not tempting fate, sorry, I shouldn't <laughs> do that. I think Lukaku is actually, apparently, um, yeah, there was a penalty given for Lukaku. And, um, yeah, oh, I, nice. could have got into that challenge. I don't know, hopefully he's okay. But, um, but the point I'm making is, where the when the individual match days kind of sprawl out into you know one or two in a short space of time, then I think there's justification. Um, but I wouldn't do it if you don't need to. And I think you the way your your team's set up, I, I'm not sure you need to at the moment. But yeah. you've just got to be flexible. Having a plan is important, but flexibility is also also really crucial. Yeah. Uh, but back to the point, I, I don't see an outstanding you know, clear winner out of those games and none of them in particular are great for bonus either. So there's no security. I'm going to put the the armband on him and get between five and kind of seven points doubled because none of these teams offer that. So it makes it even more tricky. Yeah, it's the security thing, right? You can bring in a Villa player. So I could bring in, I mean, the obvious names would be Watkins or Rings right up front who could probably score. I mean, I I really like Bailey, but he doesn't seem to be fit or playing. Um, So... It's the security though, right? If they don't score in that game, they're very unlikely to receive any bonus. So suddenly it's a two point, it's a four, and then I've got a Villa striker when there's all these other big names, and it's like probably I'm probably going to want to take him out. Am I going to want to hold him again until the next Villa move? I mean, maybe, but I personally don't. And it's the same for the Wolves and Everton. I mean, if, if Calvert Lewin was fit, I'd probably again try and get him in my team, despite him dismantling it after overhaul, just because they've got three games. And for me, he is he is the guy where I'd say he's a standout captain on this on those days. Um. But no, I'm I'm not really interested. For me, Rafinha is like a non-negotiable though because of that Norwich game on uh, in game week ten. We're using the FPL game weeks in case you guys didn't realise, just because it's very much easier. Uh, the official Premier League ones. Um, yeah, I think Rafinha covers quite a lot of the days, and that's why it's quite useful. I want to move forward as well. You've already discussed the Southampton Villa again. I don't know who's going to win that. I mean, Southampton have been basically winning most of their games sort of one nil or nil nil. So I mean, at the moment, you'd probably call that as a tight game, maybe a one 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 nil to Southampton either, even, which is tough. On that note, by the way, Broger is like 6.9 million, I think, as a striker. He's like the cheapest striker in the game. And in the setup that I had in front of you guys, I had Webster in my team at 7 million. Now, if by some chance, Broger actually becomes nailed. He's actually 6.6 million. If he becomes nailed, then you can actually have the three up top and take Webster out and put him in. And therefore, you then gain that flexibility of of not having been locked into the 5-3-2. So I'll be interested to see whether that happens. And he's one to keep an eye on. I think he's well liked by the Stanton fans as well. I've noticed that he came off the bench a few times in the last the last month or so, and they've been calling for him to to start. He scored a couple of goals for Albania in the international break too. Mm. So he's he's clearly someone who is in form. 
So I, I like that shout. I do. Is if you're needing somebody of the kind of Webster um, level of budget that, and you don't want to go to a five at the back formation, he would be a reasonable alternative. And look, I uh, hate to be the bearer of bad breaking news, but I might have just jinxed Lukaku. He's been subbed off injured. Are you joking me? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to do that. But yeah, so so now you can bring in Ings on Friday. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I haven't got the brain power to work out a plan that quickly. Christ, that's annoying. He's in everyone's team, I assume, though, for Sky and FPL. God's sake. Oh, no, that's not, that's really not what I wanted to hear. Um, oh, God, it's here. It's flashed up as well. Something to do with his ankle. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ignore that for now and pretend that hasn't happened. <laughs> it's literally every week I pick up an injury, so it's nothing new. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the fixtures here are still in front of you guys a game week 11 and 12 so outside that Southampton Villa game the rest of them look pretty self-explanatory on Sunday the 21st of November you've got Kane maybe at home to Leeds there or you've got a Man City player where you get to you get to see the lineup for Man City I've noticed quite a lot during this which is really helpful um, and again if, if if Diaz is in the lineup there at home to Everton then with no Calvert-Lewin I'd be tempted just to stick it on on Diaz, to be honest, for or Cancelo, even if Cancelo's playing, he's a, he's an obvious captain pick for me. Uh, moving forward to game week 13 and 14, um, it's it towards the end of November. That Tuesday, the 30th of November, which has only got the the two games, Newcastle and Norwich. I don't think anyone will have anyone in their team from either of those uh, teams. And then Leeds versus Palace again. It's Rafinha. This is why I keep coming back to him. Obviously, Gallagher's there as well if Rafinha's out. So I don't think we need to worry too much about that one. Thursday the 2nd of December, again we've got the Kane and Ronaldo situation. You've got Kane home to Brentford, Ronaldo home to, to Arsenal. Not even sure who I prefer at this point in time. It's so far away that I think you can't really make your mind up at this point. But one of those two, and it shouldn't be a problem in the setups that, that I've shown. Uh, moving forward to game week 15 and 16, we've got Monday the 6th of December where you've got Everton at home to Arsenal on a single match day. Again, I won't have any of the, any of those players. Do I think that's a problem? Not really, not right now. You know, I, I don't, I'm not really bothered about that game. I, again, I can't really call who would win that. I'd imagine it's like a 1-1 or something. I mean, things could change, right? We could get here and Everton have been on a stormer and Rondon's goal scoring hat-tricks every week and maybe I change my mind, or Aubameyang even. Brentford and Watford, I'd have in, uh, in Bomo and for Friday the 30th of, uh, of December. Now, this is one drawback of this formation that I've got. Rafinha, Mbomo and Gallagher. You've obviously got Gallagher and Mbomo at 7.2 and 7.3 million. If either of these two guys get injured, I am stuffed, basically, because there's not really anyone at all I'd want to bring in, and that highlights the inflexibility of it. You know, there's literally no one I'd want to do. I'd have to drop someone and probably up a, midfiel up a midfielder. I mean, even Elianusi's not playing every single game, and uh, I think Ramsey from Villa, who was another one we were kind of keeping an eye out, dropped out again. So I wouldn't want to mess with any of that. I'd probably have to go higher to a 7.8. I'd probably have to get a Ben Rama back or a Saar or someone like that around there, or even a Gray for the Everton games. You know, that that would be a bit of an issue if that was to happen. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been thinking about that myself. I mean, I'm actually someone who's sitting presently with uh, Elianusi. And to be honest with you, like I'm going to hold him for a little while. He's got that upcoming captain game. He's he seems to be churning out two points, which is I suppose all you can ask for someone of that price. But you're absolutely right. When you're with a formation that's got three in the middle, mm. and you kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel when it comes to value in in those positions, it makes it really tricky to move off. Now, I think the good thing is both Gallagher and Bueno are players that are, look like they're going to start every single game mm. for their teams because they're really important to the respective sides. Um, 
and they both look really dangerous. So I'd see no reason for them to end up being rest rested for prolonged spells or you know have moments on the bench or you know yeah. rotated out of the team. I, I don't think that's going to happen to either of them for you know maybe in the, on the odd game, but not consistently. So they are, I think they are great picks. Um, and I suppose what you just have to hope is that by the time you do need to make that move, maybe someone else has emerged as an option or there's an opportunity for you to kind of tinker with the budget elsewhere to open the space up to make a move to somebody else. But I mean, I I, I understand what you're saying, but I, I wouldn't let it put you off of, of Gallagher and, and Buemo because they both no. look tremendous value. 100%. And over Christmas, let's be fair, anyone could miss one game. If the games are so yeah. close that they, you know, any team might just put a second string out. I think Gallic has got such a play style where I'd be, I think it's unlikely he doesn't pick up an injury at some point because he gets so stuck in, he gives tackles and stuff. I'm sure that will happen, but it's not going to stop me picking him in, his team, in my team. No chance. Yeah, just moving through the fixtures more. 17 and 18. Again, we're getting into the Christmas period here. They're far, thick and fast. But really, for me, this is the point where we talked about the whole Kane or a Spurs asset, you know, Ronaldo and a Salah, how are you going to do it? And I showed you the three options there in the team. I think I think one of those combinations has is, is got to be sought after. What do you think about using Bruno Fernandes in, instead of Ronaldo and therefore having some money in midfield? Do you think that's a decent option? I mean, we thought Ronaldo was just going to kill Bruno Fernandes, but arguably they've both just been really bad like compared to their price. I actually don't think Bruno Fernandes is that bad a pick anymore if he's got penalties. I think he's pretty much as good as he was. It's just that he hasn't got as lucky. But maybe I'm wrong. Like, would you just go Ronaldo just for the shots on target? I think I think in the games that United are going to win big, Ronaldo's likely to be at the heart of it. Um, so I, I still I still prefer Ronaldo. I also prefer Ronaldo in that it allows you to. So if you go down the route of that first team that you've picked. You've got the back five. You've mm-hmm. got the big defender in Diaz. Um, and depending on where you end up, you might decide that you want to bring in Antonio for December. You can jump between a fifth defender and a third striker. Right, right, yeah. Whereas if you bring in Bruno, assuming you want Embuemo, Gallagher and Rafinha, right? Mm. You're then back to a four a four in, in midfield. And yes, you can, you can move it, but I, personally quite like the idea of setting that midfield three up and just leaving them mm. and then moving making myself making my transfers in the areas that I think you can make the most gains which is between the strikers and and even the big defenders like Diaz yeah so I think I think that's more the route that I I look towards but but that said I wouldn't I wouldn't count Bruno out I just think if you've got you know, let's say you've got a home game against Burnley just I feel like you're if you're not from from an ownership perspective, you're going to end up on the wrong side of that a couple of times, and it's going to feel really really nasty. Yeah, you're probably um, right. Just 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 to play devil's like... just to play devil's advocate, Ronaldo, given his age and the fact we've seen he's been benched already, I mean that doesn't happen to Bruno, does it? So for me, it might be Sod's law that over the Christmas period, when you need Ronaldo as captain, it might be one of the games that he misses. I know that's probably not something we should we can say for sure will happen or anticipate too much but it wouldn't it wouldn't be a surprise would it i think bruno's got an extra level of of nailedness that probably tips it in his favor slightly possibly but i think the good thing about united's fixtures if you look over the christmas period that you actually get to see the lineups a lot that's true so if you yeah. look if you look from tuesday the 14th december right so they've got you get to see the lineups that night the next game on saturday the 18th against brighton that's mm. the early kickoff you get to see the lineups then um after Christmas, they've got the standalone game against Newcastle. Again, mm. you get to see the lineups, um, and then you get to see the lineups again. Actually, on the before the, the the New Year's Eve game, 
So I think, and then on the 3rd of January, so you're actually getting to see the lineups the whole way through yeah, that festive point, yeah. period. Now, the, you could argue, does it actually matter if, if it's a single match day and your, your man is benched? Seeing the lineups is great. It means you can make another move, but you'd rather have your players starting. But in the games where there's other options in those days, seeing the lineups is really crucial. So I think, if anything, that probably pushes me back towards Ronaldo because I do think his ceiling is is going to be really high with those with that run of games. And um, I, I personally would prefer him to Bruno, although that could change. Um, and, and, and he's not exactly doing that much to, to prove my point. I just have a gut feeling that I think yeah. Ronaldo's the one you want to have. Yeah, I was just I was kind of playing devil's devil's advocate. I I think I'm I'm on the Ronaldo side as well, but it wouldn't it, it wouldn't surprise me. And I think that is one again where I know it's early days, but I think if a lot of the top players are on Ronaldo, you could go Bruno Fernandez to be different, and you could end up actually outscoring Ronaldo. It's not like a crazy crazy situation. Like if you find yourself two thousand places behind, earning those those sort of places back over the season is actually really tough when we're all going to have quite template teams. Um, and you have to pick and choose your battles. So, you know, your Bruno over a, a Ronaldo, don't think it's mad. A Son over a Kane, again, not necessarily mad this season, at least it doesn't appear so. So, yeah, you're probably going to have to pick them at some point. Um, and going back to that team where you said that, that those spots that I have, the Diaz spot. I mean, Diaz I can change to Trent Alexander-Arnold, obviously, as well, if I want to. Um, also, the Chelsea option, so the Aspilicueta and Rudiger, they're around the same price as Antonio, like you pointed out. So if I need to switch off of one Chelsea defender, let's say a Chelsea player's not in the lineup, I can switch him over to Antonio for a little while because he's got a he's got a, like a really good game, I think, in the mixture there. I think it was like I think it might be against Watford or someone, or maybe Norwich. Oh yeah, Norwich in game week 18. Norwich, yeah. yeah, I mean Antonio didn't he score four versus Norwich? I think it was last season or the season before. Um, I mean that's the taste. Years ago, I actually I brought him in. Um, yeah, I think I had one of those late season surges when I went from like the classic Nile surge at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't want people expecting that this year. But no, no, <laughs> not always. It's not always that formula that works. But yeah, so a couple of seasons ago, I think I had brought Antonio in for the game against Norwich away. And I think he scored four and I captained him. I don't know why I captained him. Legendary. But I think it was like a 50 to nearly 60 point haul from one player. Yeah. So he's always got a special place in my heart, Antonio, despite the fact he only gave me two points back for the captaincy at the weekend. Yeah, mental. Those are what we live for, though, those moments. They don't happen too often. But um, you're mo- that's, that's part of the appeal for Sky for me because you're more likely to have a captain or even a player that, that no one else has in the world of fantasy just because of the nature of the, the individual days. I mean, Saar was one recently for Wolves where I didn't have him myself, but I mean, who's going to have the Wolves goalkeeper as captain when he gets an assist and a clean sheet and saying like no one unless you're playing Sky. So yeah, I love it to be honest. Okay, so I I put my case forward. Obviously, you got some of you guys out there will disagree. You want to have captains for these, but maybe you don't. I mean, it's a long way. Like you say, things can change. I'm just not that, you know, I don't really want Wolves and Everton players in my team, is a long story short. And maybe if I was sat here with a lot more transfers and a team structure I was happy with, and I didn't have to use, I mean, I have to use four transfers to get to this team in front of me if I want to anyway. And I don't want to have the daisy chain in Everton and stuff. I mean, I could do, but I don't think it's for me anyway. I think I'm going to stick to my guns and be stubborn and hope that over the course of the season, or that period at least, uh, these guys, just with their ability to you know, to pick up clean sheets and passing bonus, we'll end up outscoring them. That's the hope, anyway. Um, should we do the preview then, mate, and look at the next week, uh, this week, and what you're doing? I'm actually probably going to make a few transfers this week. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Well, just to finish up on the point of Everton, I would say that you know an Everton player 
it's not just for the Monday the 1st of November game against Wolves, it's for all the way to Christmas. Right. Um, and if you look at the games between the the Wolves game and the next individual captaincy game they've got, they've got a hellish run of Spurs, City away, Brentford who are looking mm. absolutely brilliant just now, um, Liverpool as well um, in that run before you get another captaincy game. So, you know, you, you can't just look at it individually. And, and I'm, I'm culpable for this. I always make the judgment that, oh my God, Jesus, there's a game going on. I've not got a captain. Bring someone mm. in now. Um, and in those games, you know, you could feasibly be looking at a run of not great returns. Um, so, yeah, that, draw the line under that. Yeah. I think Gray at 7.8 is fine. I mean, we slagged him off to begin yeah. with. He's he's clearly like... I mean, I really like Townsend as well. To be honest, I probably slightly prefer him because if Calvert-Lewin's not playing, it appears he's on penalties as well and he does take shots. So I'd actually go there. But with Decore out as well, Calvert-Lewin, it just doesn't look good at the moment, does it? Anyway, that's enough babbling about Everton. Um so Friday 22nd, Arsenal versus Villa. I'll be on... Uh, well, I've switched to my main team now. So my main team has actually got a Bamiang in it. So I will be on a Bamiang captain for this one. Um, uh, yeah, same as you, I assume. Yeah, Bamiang will be captain that day. Hoping that he can do something. I think probably needing a goal to justify the transfer, really, at this stage, given the, that Gallagher outscored him on, on Monday. Mm. Um, but, yeah, fingers, fingers crossed he can do something. And actually... You know, we'll talk about Saturday now, but if if it is that Lukaku is going to be injured now, then it might even be that I hold uh, Aubameyang for a little bit longer than I'd planned. Um, and my planned captain on Saturday was Lukaku, but that's not going to be the case. So you don't actually own him at the moment? No, I do. I do. So the plan, I'm, I've actually got Lukaku and Aubameyang on the team. Right. Um, I've had Lukaku for, for far too long. He's been... I think actually Elianusi scored as many points as more than him in the last few weeks. Elianusi got one bonus. Yeah, <laughs> that's tipped him over the trial. I think account. I think Triore from Wolves has outscored him, and he's only played in one game, or yeah. twenty minutes in one game, where he got an assist. Ridiculous. Absolutely grim. Um, but yeah, so he's not going to be probably in my team much longer if he's if he's injured. Uh, and so my captain on Saturday, now probably going to look to Chelsea for that captain. Although the starting lineup tonight, said we talk about this, the fact they've gone full strength worries me. As Piliqueta, Christensen probably first in line for for benchings. Um, hopefully they don't. I mean they've got. I think it's is it yeah it's Carabao Cup midweek right, so they've got a chance to hopefully rotate them then. Um, but if if they do end up rotated, um, I'm hoping that Alonso might get one yeah. last hurrah. And if he does start, then I'm genuinely contemplating throwing the armband on him. Oh, it's 100%. Either, yeah, yeah. It's all or nothing, I think, this weekend with Alonso. If he's in the team, he might get my armband if Lukaku's out. Um, but if he's not in the team, he could go. Yeah, so that was is now my beating, but it has got Alonso in it. So, yeah, Alonso will be my captain now for that day, I think. I mean, why not? It's probably the last chance he'll be in my team. And if he is starting that game, he might not get passing bonus because it's not really his game, is it? Even against Holmes and Norwich. But I think the upside, I mean, if they haven't got Lukaku, he's probably their biggest goal for it. So, um, yeah, that'll be Alonso all day. I'm not going to go for the Man City. I mean, I really think in this game, Brighton are a great team. I think Laporte and Diaz will start this one, probably. Uh, and But the fact that I just got burned by a captain Diaz when I didn't see the lineup means I'd probably end up going Rafinha if the Chelsea lineup's a complete surprise, just because Rafinha's at home to Wolves and um, I don't really have any other options. I mean, I think he, should, he, he could be fine in that game. I'm not overly ecstatic about captain and midfielder I don't really like to do that but 
with a lack of other options, that's probably what I'd do. Um, I don't know what and I'd do with Lukaku. No, I don't need to think about that. But say, so if you let's say Lukaku's out and you've got no great alternatives within the, the Chelsea team to want to cast and do you see these or do you guys the Saturday, or do you think that players who do keep possession might steer you away? Possibly not from Diaz, maybe more from Cancelo. Sorry, you broke up loads, mate. Your internet went a bit dodgy there. You'd have to repeat that last oh, bit. I'll repeat that. So I was saying, um, do you think this weekend on Saturday, if if Lukaku is out and he's not going to be playing, and you're dependent on him for the captaincy? But you're also holding either or both of Diaz or Cancelo. Do you think there could be a strong case to go there? Um, yeah. Even though Brighton do keep the ball quite a lot. Yeah, because I just yeah, in any given game, I feel like they could they'll they'll get the passing bonus even against Brighton. I think they probably will. Um, Cancelo's also got tackles, shots, and he's got everything in his locker. He hasn't. He's played every game, ninety minutes. So it would be sod's law. It would be this one that he misses out. I think I'd probably just edge to Diaz when you don't see the lineup, and Diaz has just had his benching. You know, yeah. I mean, I would prefer Cancelo, but I think it's probably a step too far in this one, just in case. I expect he'll start, but we just don't know at the end of the day. Um, I suppose what I'll do though is actually for the Sunday, the twenty-fourth of October. I don't have Salah, so I might just get Salah straight back for Lukaku now. Just that might be the reason. I mean, it's a way to Man United. It's not the best fixture, but the form this guy's in, I don't think it really matters, does it? No, I totally agree. I was actually going to. I promised some people who were asking me what you were doing with Salah. I was going to grill you on it. So uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it feels like that, that the ship sailed if you're going to bring him back in this Sunday. But yeah, I was wondering how long you'd want to survive without him, um, given that I think. He's got decent home game next week, arguable captain. Probably feels like the right time to bring him back in, if I were you. Yeah, to be honest, he was always in my plan to bring back this week because he plays on Saturday home to Brighton. So I was going to work out who I was going to take out for him. And it could have been Lukaku. I've got Aubameyang in my team, like I said, so he was the obvious name to, to come out. But Aubameyang's fixture run is actually okay. So like you, I'll probably end up holding Aubameyang now for a little bit and, um, and just take Lukaku out instead. But... It's so fresh. We don't know the injury news. It could just be a knock and he's fine for Norwich, right? I, I mean, we just don't know at this stage. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to play that one by ear. Okay, I think I think that's it, Niall. Anything else you want to throw out there, mate? Yeah, there's... Uh, so I think the, some of the questions we've seen, actually one of the questions about Lukaku, if he's benched versus Norwich, what do we do? Well, chances are that he's probably looking like he's going to be benched now. Um, someone at Livramento, what do you think of him? Enabler? Cheap seems to be getting tackle bonus. Um, going forward, they've got individual captain day. If you if you need to bring in an, an enabler, what do you think for that? Yeah, that's Julian Wardle. I'm glad you reminded me of the of the questions. Yeah, um, I I think I've probably been guilty of underestimating Livermento. I didn't really think he's going to be a sky pick. I mean, he's a Southampton defender. I didn't see them getting passing bonus. I know he's an excellent player. Um, but if he's been getting the odd tackle bonus and he's cheap enough, I guess. But I still come down on the side of no. I don't really want. Yeah. I think that position is just too good. I think you could maybe have him like in the team that I had over the Webster if you prefer him over the Webster. I think Brighton's fixtures are pretty bad for a little while. Um, I don't hate that because Southampton have got good fixtures. So you could have Livermento for now with a view to later changing him to Webster or someone else, perhaps. But I certainly won't be bringing Livermento in. Put it that way. At the moment, I. I yeah, I just come down on the fact that he's a Southampton defender and it's more likely he gets two points than anything else. 
Fair enough. And I'm going to actually disagree with you. I think they've looked pretty solid. They have. They have, yeah. Pictures are decent. And he, you know, he's a decent attacking threat. Looks like he's nailing down that position and he's getting tackle bonus. So, you know, I think there's quite a lot to like. Um, but I, I, I do agree with you. He's, I think if I had to choose between him and Webster, I'd probably still go Webster. But well, if you need to save the extra kind of point four or whatever it is between Webster and, and Livermento to allow you to have someone up front or someone in a different position, I, 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 could, I could back it. Uh, FF Dempsey asks us, to what extent can Hoiberg cover Spurs' captaincy days over Kane? That's a really interesting question, that. What do you think of that one? Yeah, he's probably one I missed off of the midfielder conversation. I think you still you can include. He's probably the only other name I can think of offhand now, along with the Tielemans and Bruno, Hoiberg, maybe Gray, that maybe could fit into that three-man midfield that I'd ideally have. He's just when I was looking at the points per ninety, I'm just going to bring it up. Uh, sorry, passes per ninety. I'm just going to bring it up on the screen here. Let me go to midfielders. He was just below the sixty points, which he was last season. Sixty passes, sorry. Um, which means he gets it in the odd game, but not every single game, right? Um, but the thing is, he's also getting the tackles quite often, which is, again, what he did last season. Here we go. So, yeah, uh, 56.2 passes per 90, so just under the the threshold. So probably likely to get it in the odd game and then miss out occasionally. Uh, and I'll, I may as well, while I'm here, bring up the tackles as well. Uh, so tackles one. I noticed Hoiberg was quite a high up there, 3.24 per game, so he's... He's basically right where the threshold is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I noticed is none of... I mean, you can see here, guys, none of the other names are names that even play often or anything. I mean, he's just clearly the standout all-round midfielder at the moment in terms of passing and tackles. I mean, the passing has, has dropped off for a lot of the midfielders, um, really. I mean, your likes of Jorginho and people like that, they're not even playing every game. So, when, again, I'm just going to bring that back up. Hoiberg right up the top here on 56.2. I mean... Tiago, 64, but he doesn't play. It's only really Rodri at 70, who, you know, he's not even nailed himself, that you, that's even competing. So on that basis alone, I think Hoiberg is an option. And you say about covering the captain days, he can, can't he, at the end of the day? Because if he picks up those two or three points, or, you know, maybe both tiers, um, he's going to do equally as well as if they score. It's just going to be whether, you know, Kane or Son are hitting braces and, and getting man of the match and stuff like that. Um, because there's so many of the Spurs captain days, I kind of favour going towards the attacker and hoping you get lucky, personally. But I think it could work fine at the end of the day. The way Spurs are playing at the moment doesn't look like they're banging goals in left, right and centre. And there's there's every chance he could cover it. So if he, if, he, if his team is set up in such a way that he, he wants to do that, again, it's one of those ones for me where if you're going against the top players, you've got to pick your battles. And I don't think that is the worst one going. I think it maybe could work. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think like you, I'd be quite tempted to go with the the striker just because the ceiling is probably higher. And mm. two of the games where I've isolated Kane as my likely captain, Sunday twelfth December against Brighton, um, and before that um, against Leeds on the thirtieth of November. Now, oh no, sorry, it's not thirtieth of November. It's earlier, twenty first November. Now, both of those teams tend to keep possession, right? So that's probably Hoiberg's chances of reaching that passing threshold looking unlikely. Um, so for me, I, I think in a game like that where you, you've got to have a player like Hoiberg who's probably not going to get the passing bonus there, you'd rather have 
Kane, who potentially could score and or get a brace. Um, mm. So yeah, I think I think if, if you're looking at the, the games you're going to captain Kane in, have a look at what the propensity is of those opponents to actually give up possession as well. Because if yeah. he's playing against teams that do, then at, then there is probably a case that that Hoiberg could cover. But if it is against Leeds and it is against Brigham, I think for me it probably pushes it towards Kane. Yeah, and there's also the transfer thing to factor in, right? If you're just looking to sit on Hoiberg and not make any transfers, then maybe you could save it because if you're going for a Spurs attacker, you're probably going to filter them in and out occasionally. So there's there's that angle as well, I suppose. I, I still come down on the striker, though, with you at the moment. Perhaps I'll be wrong on that. Um, what else have we got? Yeah, Tom, SkyFF, says he's currently got Mendy in goal with no cover for this Friday for the Saints and Villa game. Yep, same as me, mate. Uh, I would bring in. I could bring in Martinez on Friday to cover both captains, but I'm not convinced it's actually worth it with Mendy's form. We had a quick discussion on this before we uh, went live. What was the overriding thoughts, now? Yeah, it was an absolute do not do it. And I think for both of us, listen. If you think if you think there's merit in it, we wouldn't. You know, we wouldn't criticise you. We're not exactly doing that. We're not. You know, we're not setting the no. setting the world right ourselves this evening. But um, if Mendy's playing against Norwich. There's a chance that Mendy could outscore him without the captaincy, even though Martinez is playing against Arsenal. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it. Mendy for me is the, the standout goalkeeper in this game. I think if you were sitting on someone else, you could make the case that that would be a good move short term, and then mm. you could daisy chain it onto Mendy if he's your ultimate destination in a in a few weeks. But for me, I wouldn't be taking Mendy out. Not now. Uh, no. I think that was your view as well. Yeah, it's the Mendy out part. With you, Martinez, I, I think could actually end up probably being the best captain from Villa on both those individual days. I think there's a good chance. You know I love my goalkeepers on individual match days. I think that's fine. And he could do really well. But I would say that even if Martinez got a nine-pointer captain to 18 on that day and in the next day, so ended up just below 40, what's that, 36 points? I think over the course of the season, Mendy will make up those 36 points anyway, or even to overhaul, right, I should say. Um without the armband and stuff, I think he'll outscore him by 36 points anyway. So, ultimately, the transfer will not be worth it. And that's the best-case scenario for Martinez. I mean, yeah, sure, he could save two penalties or something ridiculous, then fair enough. But, um, yeah, it's the Mendy out. Anyone else? I think it's an all-right daisy-chain move if you want to cover both the both the captain days, fine. Uh, but Mendy, no, not for me. I think he stays. The only way that guy's leaving for me, really, is if... Um, well, A, he gets injured or he starts getting rotated for Kepper again and it starts happening too often for me to to tolerate um, yeah. that's pretty much the only scenario I can see right now I would say to Tom um, and actually this is Julian Wardle's asked another question Julian says when you're in the middle of recording a podcast how do you deal with an injury happening not Changes well the whole of the weekend not well but <laughs> Julian I'm going to say right now to Tom if Tom's not got a Villa player and he's sitting there with Lukaku then he could bring in Danny Ings for a couple of weeks getting two captaincies out of him um and you know could act as a as a good stopgap towards moving him on to someone else. So there you go. We're agile on this on this video. <laughs> um, finally, I think the last question that we've got here is from Paul McAnulty, a, a friend of ours, um, who's asking us how far are we planning our transfers in advance. So hopefully this video is giving you a bit of insight that we are planning in advance. But I would say personally, there's so much change as we you know we started this an hour ago. There's already been an injury. You can't plan that far in advance. I think you have a, you you should be planning for the planning for the for the medium term with an eye on the longer term. Um, don't you know? 
don't ignore the fact that you've got some games that you really want to cover in the future. But at the same time, like, I, I wouldn't let I wouldn't let the fact that Arsenal are playing Everton in six weeks' time force your hand into making an Everton or an Arsenal transfer this week. Um, in fact, I'm actually planning to take Aubameyang out at some point just because he doesn't fit into my, my mm. plans right now. So I, I think there's a there's clearly a balance to be to be struck, and also. There is the element of change. Some of these fixtures are subject to change. We've only found out today that um, the Club World Cup isn't going ahead in December. That's now pushed out to early 2022, I believe. Um, so I it, know it's, a, it's, it's, a moving, it's a moving feast right now. Things are changing by the day. Yeah. Um, and I think a plan is good, but making sure you've got a flexible plan is even more important. Yeah, we've got African nations as well at some point as well, haven't we? we? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's in January. Yeah, indeed, I completely agree with that. I, I mean, I brought up that perfect team, perfect in inverted commas. My, my idea of it right now that'll probably change next week. Um, and it, well, I was four transfers away in one team, so basically that's what I do. I look at it and I think, well, how, you know, it's going to take me four transfers. Where can I use them to get the extra days, the extra players, and. Um, that's pretty much it. So I've got four transfers planned at the moment over the course of those match days to get there. Um, by the time I get there, it would have probably changed again. But that, that's as far as I've gone. I've not really done it in terms of time scale. I've done it in terms of how quickly can I get there. So the first available opportunity, just whatever it ha- happens to be. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Because it, it's really far. We haven't had this now for a while in Sky, have we? It's been really short term with for the fixtures now for almost two seasons. And now we're back to like a long period of having... Um, to plan for I think if there was more days like Man United where it's a really big team at home to a, a minnow so to speak and there's an obvious captain in the likes of Ronaldo or Bruno um, if there was more of those games it would have been tougher for us I actually do think that quite a lot of people are going to do what I do and, and are going to avoid some of these days because of the way it's just fallen but there we go um, okay I think we'll end it there then Niall anything else you want to add mate? that's it and just to say to Planet Planet FPL's James that we will be answering his question in detail once we've had more time to go away and think about it. There's <laughs> a lot of time between now and December, right? And I think uh, it's it's I like it. I'm on board with this with this plan for a, a shimmy between Salah and Ronaldo over the over the festive period, but we'll be addressing that in detail at a podcast coming to your airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on the screen there anyway, guys, if you haven't seen it. And it is a really good plan actually if you look at it and you're going with the two up front or or maybe to an Antonio or something. Um, essentially, you're, you're getting all the main strikers and only missing one game for Salah and one game for Ronaldo, which I tried to do recently, and it backfired massively on me. So I am aware that they can actually hurt you in that one day, especially when they're those kind of names. But on paper, I think it's a great idea, and probably what I'll end up going for if I have the 5-3-2. Um, okay, just a final nod, guys, as always, to the membership area. You saw me again bring it up in the background there, useful for the passes, for the tackles, Um, obviously got the ticker as well. Some of these fixtures are due to change, like Niall said, I think there's a couple of games, even an Everton game there, if um, something to do with the Carabao Cup, basically it could move position uh, as a result of Leicester, I think it is, or Leicester versus Brighton maybe. Um, So yeah, it keeps keeps you on top of all that sort of stuff. Um, We'll see you on the next one, I guess. Bye for now. Bye. Catch you later, guys.